0: Crossroads. Good to see you. Praise the Lord. It is so good to see you. I was wondering this morning if you were going to be ready to come back and worship. Thank you for answering our question. Uh, With a great crowd here that is here this morning, if you're joining us online for our live stream service, we welcome you today. And uh, we are going to have a great time celebrating uh, what God is doing in our lives through all this craziness. He's still in control. And uh, we are grateful that you've chosen to come here and worship with us this morning. We're going to have some announcements in just a little bit. Uh, thanks for coming in in, a, in an orderly fashion. And we'll ask you to dismiss that way. And, and uh, you know, I'm not a medical doctor, but I play one on TV. Um, but uh, when we're done, you know, kind of facilitate yourself and get outside if you would. And if you want to fellowship outside, that's great. We're trying to abide by our... Uh, state and local and federal instructions they've given us, and we're praying that we will get back to normal as quickly as possible, and this is a step in that direction. So praise the Lord that you're here. So let's pray together and ask God to speak to our hearts this morning. Lord, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for the privilege to uh, get to worship together today. I thank you so much for our church family. Lord, every person in here, Lord, I thank you that uh, you are in control and when we look at what's happening in our world and the chaos and confusion, uh, I often think, God, that we can go to the rock. It never changes. is always the same. And, Lord, we thank you for that truth of your word, of who you are. So, Lord, we pray that you'd speak to us this morning as we worship you, as we celebrate your goodness in our lives. May we look at your word and would you speak to our hearts today. We'll give you this service in our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're excited about what God's going to do today And uh, we are so glad that you're back with us And we've missed you Uh, We've been praying for you But we're expecting God to do big things today in our service So thank you for praying for us And welcome back
1: Hey everyone, we have some exciting things coming up The first is every Wednesday at 11 o'clock We have a drive-in Bible study This is a great opportunity for you to wave to your neighbor And to be encouraged by an encouraging word Next, next week is graduation Sunday. This is an amazing time to recognize those graduates and all their hard work on this important milestone. Then we have our 4th of July fireworks show on July 4th, right here at the church. And this will be a great time to meet our neighbors and our community and to reach out to them. Lastly, June 22nd through the 26th, we have our VBS. we're still running VBS. As you can see, I'm on our set. So it'll be a virtual BBS. My team and I worked really hard of um, coming to it to get everything ready for them. On the 20th, the Saturday before, we will have a packet pickup. That way all the families can get all the materials that they need to have their BBS at home. That Friday, the 26th, we will have a BBS celebration to honor all of our um, exciting things that we did this summer and to kind of put a closing wrap on BBS. But that's all that we have for today. Have a great service. Bye. Where is she?
2: She was supposed to be here and meet me. Hi, Belle. Hi, Belle. How are are you? you? How are you, honey? Oh, I'm wonderful. How are you doing? I'm good. It's so good to see you. Let's get us a good seat. Yes, let's get us a good seat before everybody gets you up social distancing, honey. Six feet. I know, I know. Oh, honey, how have you been doing? I've been doing good. I've been taking this mask off since I'm six feet. I know. I've been doing good. How about you? Oh, I've been doing good too. Well, good, good, good. I'm so glad. You know, we didn't know back years ago that we already had our mask on our hats, so I'm good to go if anybody asks. Oh my! That's oh. not. That's not very good mask though. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you. Uh God's been dealing with me. Oh, you know what? I think he's been dealing with all of us during this time. Well, he's... So what's he been working on with you? Gossip. Gossip? Yes, Lord, gossip. Whatever do you mean? He's been really working on me. He don't want me to gossip. You know how... I've never known you to gossip. Well, me either, but evidently he sees things a little different than we do. So you know those hours of times that me and you would sit and share, yeah, he don't want me to do that no more, oh, but honey, all we did was we we told facts about people, and then we prayed for them we didn't lie that's true, that's very true, and then you know we had to tell them everything so that we could pray for them, yeah, well, do you think maybe it'd be okay if we started when preaching started? I think that would be a good time. All right, then let's do that. Is that okay, God? All right, I ain't listening for his answer. So come
3: here. I got a
2: bunch to share. Oh, Lord. All right, now, what we got? (laughs) Okay, let me tell you, Crossroads is tricking us. Oh, how is the church tricking us? You know, every Sunday morning when they have the, the live feed.
1: Yeah.
2: It ain't live. It ain't live. You mean no. they, they not here playing the music and, no. and preaching? If you look down, you'll see we'll see Jack Eason up there from, on the pulpit just a preaching. All of a sudden, you'll see Jack Eason joined. Jack Eason joined. What yeah. does that mean? That means that you can't be joining and be up there preaching because you don't have a computer. Oh my goodness! I know. Well, that ain't all. That ain't all. Lordy mercy, Joey. Oh, yeah. He's supporting a man bun. Oh, no, don't say it. And not only a man bun, but he's going to be wearing skinny jeans. Oh, honey, hush. Lord, nobody wants to see that. Ain't nobody got time to see stuff like that. Oh, Lord, we need to put them on our prayer list. yes, we do. Yes, we do. Lord, how mercy. Well, has people been checking on you? Yeah, they have from the church. They've been calling well, I thought that was nice, too. Mm-hmm. First couple of times, they'd say, Myrtle, how you doing? Do you have toilet paper? And then I'd say, yeah. And then I got to thinking, uh-huh. what if during the middle of the night, they broke into my house and they stole my toilet paper? Oh, that's the truth, because you can't find it nowhere. Well, now I say, I'm fine. I don't have toilet paper. and But that's creating a whole brand new different problem. What? Now I walk outside and there's 50 rolls of toilet paper on my... Oh, my mercy. On my porch. wonder where they stole it from. I don't know where they stole it from, but they're trying to push it on me that I stole it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, they're coming in, Myrtle. Oh, they're coming in. Let Let me put my
1: mask on. All right, Lord, we're sorry.
2: We we didn't mean to... I'm so glad God's been working on us about this. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, Lord. Now we can start not gossiping. Here they come.
0: As you can tell, I've had a haircut and I will never wear skinny jeans, that's a promise. With this body, there's nothing skinny about it actually. Let's stand together as we worship God today, as we sing how great is our God and then how great thou art and then how we cast all our cares upon him. You sing out
3: with us as we praise him.
0: Thank you, thank you. It's so good to see you this morning. I'll tell you what, you you cannot imagine. Maybe you can. How excited uh, our team is to see your faces and for us to be back together to worship. If you've got your Bible, I want you to go ahead and turn to First Peter chapter five. We are going to do our best during these next several weeks as we kind of wrap back our, our phase back into some semblance of normal. Of uh, getting quickly to the point. So, 1 Peter chapter 5, while you're turning there, um, uh, let me say thank you again to our church family. You know, despite these obstacles that we have faced over these last several weeks, uh, and you'll see this when we are able to get back to some semblance of normal and gather together here uh, on our church campus and in the sanctuary, uh, we have stayed very, very busy uh, taking. Uh, seizing the opportunity, I was about to say taking advantage, but I guess seizing the opportunity would be better. It's been presented to us with you not being here to really do a lot of work on our facility and cleaning and painting, and and so you'll be seeing that over the next few weeks. Uh, Also, it's been great for me as one of the pastors here to to be able to lean on some of the folks in our congregation who are uh, equally gifted at preaching and teaching, though I'm excited to be doing that today I'll I'll tell you. Uh, Logan Bennett kind of pinch hit it I think it was last week and Greg Walker a week or so before that and we've been going through the book of 1 Peter which who would have known when we had been praying about going through this book that we were going to be experiencing what we are right now as a community and as a church because this book of 1 Peter could have been written in 2020 with all the suffering and challenges that the people he's writing to we're facing, we are facing some very tremendous and similar challenges in our own world. And it's been a great book for me, at least, to be encouraged. First Peter 1 kicked off reminding us who we are in Jesus, where we find our security and where we find our hope. And uh, First Peter chapter 2 started reminding us who we are. We are a royal priesthood. You may not feel like that a little after 9 in the morning, but you are. You are a royal priesthood this morning if you know Christ Jesus. And then chapter 3, it got into talking about a submission and suffering and, and uh, husbands and wives. Anybody getting a little stir-crazy at home with their spouse? Don't, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. All right. Don't nudge your spouse on the couch either if you're watching at home right now. In chapter 4 last week, uh, we were talking about how we react in suffering. And so now we find ourselves at chapter 5. So let's jump right in and read it uh, together. And we're going to look at really the first 10 verses. And then uh, Peter kind of tacks on to some closing remarks. And I'll let you read that uh, for yourself. But First Peter chapter 5 says, Therefore, I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed. Now, let's stop. You know, I like to Stop along the way. That very first verse, the very first word in the New American Standard Translation, which they tell me is the closest to the Greek, says, Therefore, so let's remember what we've heard over these last several weeks, what Peter said in First chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4. He says all that stuff, and then he gets to chapter 5 and says, Therefore, because of all that I've said, remember this, he exhorts the elders among you, And he says in verse 2, "...shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, and not for sordid gain, but with eagerness, nor yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you'll receive the unfading crown of glory." Verse 5, you younger men, likewise, be subject to all your elders, and all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, for God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. Be of sober spirit, be on the alert, your adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But resist him, firm in your faith, knowing the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. And after you've suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect and confirm, strengthen and establish you to him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. So chapter five issues some challenges to two groups of people. And the first group of people that he talks to in those first two or three verses, four verses, are to the elders. To the elders. Peter exhorts the elders. The, the term elder was a Jewish term. We hear it in some churches today. But it was from Jewish culture. If You can find more about that in Exodus chapter 3. But he's writing to the elders. And, and you will remember Uh, that Paul and Barnabas appointed elders in the churches that they planted, that they founded. You can read about that in the book of Acts. And uh, then later there was the development of the office of the pastor. But he's writing to these elders and he's challenging them. And elders were those who, not only about age. There are some of us that are elders in here when it comes to age. But he's talking about elders when it comes to spiritual maturity and wisdom. And so he's writing to this first group, the elders... Those who were supposed to, he tells us in those verses, in verse 2, to shepherd the flock. To shepherd the flock, to feed and to tend. And you know what? I just want to pause here and say thank you to those who serve in this church. That's some of you who could be defined by that role, elder. Yes, it's it's our church staff, but it's some of you who could be defined by that role, elder, because you have been demonstrating, especially in these last few weeks, tending to and feeding the sheep and the flock. And I believe, just in my short time here uh, at Crossroads, that we have an incredible group of people in this church that I would classify as elders. And they've risen to the top in these last few weeks as they've tended to and helped us as a staff and the pastoral staff and the leaders and Sunday school teachers as as we've tended and helped each other. That's been awesome to see. Most of us would say there's probably not a lot of positives of this pandemic. But one positive for me that I've seen is how our church has risen up. And many of us that I would classify as elders have been tending to and loving one another and serving one another. But he also... If you feel like, well, that's not me, I'm not an elder, I'm just a, I'm just a teenager, get rid of the word just, because you're important, no matter your age, you're important. And so Peter kind of shifts his discussion and he says, verse 5, you younger men, and then it's almost like he goes, no, 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 wait a minute, actually not just younger men, but he says, likewise, everybody, he says, all of you. So he, he starts off talking to the elders and then he shifts and he begins speaking to everyone. And he says some very important things to us. And he reminds us again how he started this book. He starts talking about submission again. Submission is not a popular word. It's not a popular word in our culture. It's not a popular word in families. It's not a popular word in church life sometimes. But he talks about submission and he says to everybody, he says, Submit to the elders, submit to one another. You know, I've thought about our church a lot because you've been missed over these last several weeks. And I thought about the fact that I am a member of this body of Crossroads Baptist Church. And I'm thankful for that, by the way. And there are a lot of people in our culture who wonder, we're going to talk about this probably in the fall, who wonder, why should I even really be a member of a church? What's the point? What's so important about this body, so important about being a member of a church and and you know a lot of times in our culture, becoming a member of a church is oftentimes about what can the church do for me? It's not a biblical stance when it comes to looking for a church yeah we want to we want to look for churches that can help meet the needs of our family, and that's wise but but there's a, a vast difference that Peter's trying to convey here when he says. Be submitted to everyone. He's really talking about asking the question, Is this the body of Christ that I'm willing to submit to? You don't hear that a lot when you join a church. Are you ready? Welcome. You want to join Crossroads? Are you ready to submit to one another? But that's what he's talking about. And he goes on and he says, You younger men, be subject to your elders. And then he gives us some key points that I want us to look at this morning. That will describe for us what submission looks like. And Greg talked about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago. About how it looks in marriage. I want to talk about how it looks with everybody else today. What does real submission really look like? He gives us the first one. He says this, verse 6. Actually, he finishes verse 5. He says, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. It's, It's almost a visual of putting on a coat, clothing yourselves with humility. Humility at the beginning of Christianity was almost the hallmark of being a Christian. Humility. Clothing yourselves with humility. In our culture, I'm not sure a lot of people, if you ask them what's the hallmark of a Christian, I'm not sure humility would be the first thing that they would say. But Peter's telling us here humility, and actually the, the, the term really, if, it was, if he could elaborate, and you kind of peel the layers of what he's saying, it's, it's very much like when Jesus humbled himself and he washed the disciples' feet. And you remember Peter said, you can't wash my feet, Lord. You know, you're, 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 you, who am I that you would wash my feet? Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you, know, you have no part of me. And he's like, well, then wash all of me, wash all of me. That's an act of humility. I don't know if you've ever had your feet washed before. We may, ha- we may have a foot washing. Next Sunday. I-, I can tell some of you are going, did I wash my feet this morning? You want to make sure your feet are clean. But it-, it-, it is humbling to have somebody wash your feet. It's also humbling to wash someone else's feet. It is an act of humility. It's willingness to perform what some people would say is the lowest task. It's realizing that we can't do anything without God. It's, it is not thinking less of yourself. Some people say humility is we're just thinking of myself less. No, that's not humility. Humility is not making yourself uh, your self-image low or you are thinking, well, I'm worthless. That's not humility. Humility is not thinking of yourself uh, less or thinking less of yourself but thinking of yourself less. It's not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. It's a mutual respect. Not each one standing upon his own powers, but understanding that one another have their own rights and their own worth in the sight of God, that all men are created equal. I know in our country right now, there's a big battle about wondering if that's true or not. We don't have to wonder if we're all equal. We, we don't need as important as documents like the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence are. We don't need those documents. We have a document that was around long before those documents called the Word of God that tells us we all were created in God's image. We all are equal. And when we don't act in humility, we basically are saying, I'm better than you. We're putting ourselves above someone else. I want to caution this church family, if somebody cautioned me even this week, please, please, please hear me. Don't let your political ideologies overshadow your allegiance to Jesus Christ. The world is watching. Which hill are you going to die on? There's a lot of political ideologies that have come and gone before I was on the planet and will come and go after I'm gone with Jesus. But there's only one truth that remains and that is Jesus Christ. And I have to humble myself before him. He tells me why. He says, because in verse 5, God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. Do you, do you want to be in opposition to God? Have you ever found yourself in opposition to God? I'll be honest, I have. I've been prideful in my past, maybe even this past week, believe it or not, in some aspects of my life. Where I put myself in opposition of God. You say, really? You would do that? Not intentionally. Sometimes I'm not even in, even thinking about it. Anytime I begin to think of myself and my opinion more important than the opinion of God, I have not humbled myself. And God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So if we want to be submiss- submission, show ourselves in submission to God, we must not be in opposition to God. You can find in Proverbs three thirty four. it also talks about resisting the proud. Resist is almost, a, it's a verb. And it, and it describes this image as if we and God are fighting. God is fighting with an individual. God is in battle against you, but we have to humble ourselves. Why? He tells us in verse 6, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time. If we are not humble, we are not recognizing the awesomeness and the greatness of God. So he's trying to get us up to speed on what it means to be submitting And submitting to one another and submitting to God. And he says, the first thing, my friends, is to be a person of humility. But then he says in the next verse, verse 7, number 2, he says this to us. We have to cast our cares upon him. I love that song. Cast all your cares. I love that. You guys do great. Cast all your cares upon the Lord. We hear that. I'm not sure we actually understand the visual. I know we have some expert fishermen in the room. Ronnie, and if you were to go fishing, casting is an action word. Casting is an action, it's it's movement. The scripture doesn't say, just kind of lay your burden at the feet of the Lord. But to cast it, that's, it's, he says that purposefully. Matter of fact, anytime you read something in the Bible, it's not there, just... For some no reason. It's there for a reason. He's trying to get us to understand. Casting is an action word. It's throwing your cares at God and walking away. Casting your cares. When we take things into our own worry. Jesus talked about this a lot in Matthew chapter 6. Why are you worrying? Look at at the birds. Look at the flowers. Look at the the lilies of the valley. You know all these things that are out there. They don't worry. Look at the sparrow. Does it worry where it's going to eat? You're worrying anxious. And when we take things into our own worry, that's not submission. What he's actually describing here, there's the implication of our division of care and God's division of care. In other words, we set ourselves up to say, God, these things right here, I I got that. I got that. Don't even need your intervention right there. I can handle those. But these big things, God, now I need you to handle those. And you know what the reality is? You and I can't handle anything. We need God. We are 100% dependent upon God. I was reading something this week that said it this way. An excess of self-confidence wherein we insist on bearing the care ourselves is a demonstration. that We have not cast our cares upon the Lord. My version says anxiety. Cast all your anxiety of, of any time on the planet I believe we live in. A time right now where there are more anxious people than ever before. There is more anxiety in our world than ever before. This care that distracts and racks our mind could be better described as anxiety. And when you and I refuse to cast our anxiety on God, what we're saying to God is, God, we can handle these cares better than you. You know what that is? Pride. That's why he says, Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord before he tells us to cast the cares upon him. Because we have to realize that God can handle these cares. Humility and casting are connected. Casting is throwing our cares and anxiety at God with reckless abandon. And it also shows not just action, but it also shows a direction. Who are we casting these cares to? We're casting these cares to God. Because he's the only one that can meet these needs. Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher, said this. He said, really, you almost need two hands. And I've only deep sea fished one time where I actually needed two hands on the rod and reel. Now, I know Ronnie's probably done this a lot where you needed two hands. But Charles Spurgeon, the picture that he painted when it comes to casting is the same way with those two hands. And he said this. He said, you need a hand of prayer and a hand of faith. Prayer tells God what the care is and asks God to help. While faith believes that God can and will do it. Prayer spreads the letter of trouble and grief before the Lord and opens all its budget. And then faith cries, I believe that God cares and he cares for me and he will bring me out of my distress. I think one of the challenges our culture has today, which is why it's so important for you and I as Christians... Not to let our politics get ahead of our allegiance to Jesus is because our response can tell people in the world, Jesus doesn't care for you. And I don't know about you, but I would not want to be casting any anxiety towards somebody who didn't care for me. But Jesus does care for you. And God is good, but He also cares. You ever had somebody sit down with you and just look you eyeball to eyeball and just say, Man, I care about you. I care about you. I don't know about you, but that just emotes something in me that I'm like, Wow, that, they don't just like me, but they care about me. That's a deep word. So he tells us to humble ourselves. He tells us to cast our cares upon the Lord. But then he also says something that he said several times in 1 Peter And he repeats it here at the end. I think he mentioned this in chapter 1, verse 13. He says, be of sober spirit. Be watchful. Be of sober spirit. Why? Because this lion is roaring. And he's roaring because he can't sink his teeth into you because he's been defanged because of the power of the cross of Jesus. So he roars to kind of scare us. And Peter says he's doing that because he's prowling about seeking someone to devour. And that is what the devil wants. For you and for me is destruction. The Bible tells us in John 10.10 that the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. If you ever wonder what the devil's plan is for you, that's it. To steal, kill, and destroy. That's his agenda. That's what he wants to see happen in your life. If he can't kill you, he's going to steal your joy. He's going to steal your, your uh, try to steal your heart. But the gift of God, we know, is that abundant life that John talks about in that verse. So we've got to be watchful. We've got to be sober. And again, we talked about it in chapter 1 that there's a lot of things that we can get drunk on besides alcohol in our world. Do you know you can get drunk on fear? A lot of people drunk on fear right now you get drunk on worry? That your mind is so caught up and so distracted by all of the chaos and cares of the world that you can't even think about humbling yourself upon God because the enemy's got you so torn up. To so humble yourself, cast your cares, be watchful and sober. And the last thing he says is this in verse 9. What do you do when all this is going on? How do you know you're submitting? He says, resist. Resist. Resist him. Who is him? Satan. Firm in your faith, knowing that these same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brothers who are in the world. Resistance is, he's talking about steadfast resistance, planting yourself firm. How can you do that? How can you do that with all this craziness that you see on television, with things being burned and destroyed? How can you be steadfast? How can you resist? How can you resist the enemy? You can only do that if you've already cast your cares upon the Lord. You can only do that if you've humbled yourself before the Lord and understand how awesome He is and how minute we are. You can only do that if you're watching and praying. Resist. So some questions for us to think about as we wrap up this morning. First of all, when that happens, by the way, let me conclude by saying this. When we do those things, he's telling us to submit ourselves to the Lord and to one another. He says in verse 10, after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will do, that, do something. He's going to do some things. He says, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. There are results that come with suffering and submission positive results that come from suffering and submission we are restored and we get stronger we become better together when we submit to one another that's part of the body of christ how god has connected us divinely through his plan is because it helps us get restored and stronger those are the results that come so how about for you today in the chaos of this world can i just humbly ask you how's it going Got to be honest, the first few weeks of all this stuff, I was just thinking, okay, all right, we'll get through this. About week three and about four, the devil starts messing with you. Right? Okay, maybe, maybe we'll get through this. About week five, week six, I'm wondering, are we going to get through this? The enemy can gradually start mentally playing with your mind. You know what? We are going to get through this. How? By submitting ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting ourselves to one another, humbling ourselves before the Lord because He is opposed to the proud, but He lifts up the humble, and He will exalt us. And when we cast our care upon Him, we can, by the way, because He cares for us. Let's pray together. While you're praying this morning, and those of you that are watching, I invite you to pray with us as well. And Those of you that will be watching our live stream in just a little bit, you'll see a, a link in the Chat area there on Facebook or YouTube for you to click to have someone pray with you if you need that today and you're watching. I pray that you would click that link. But for our friends here this morning, I would just ask you would you just take the next 60 seconds and I'm going to be quiet and just ask the Lord this question God, of what these things I've heard this morning that are in your word, how am I doing? Do I need to humble myself before you? Is there some care or anxiousness in my life that I have not cast upon you? I know the enemy wants to take me out, Lord, but I'm going to resist and humble myself before you. Would you just spend some time praying this morning? I'll close us in just a minute. Jesus, we submit to you today. Lord, I submit afresh and anew to you today. God, recognizing that when I do, what that requires of me is to humble myself before the Lord. Lord, I know there's not a person in this room that would say they want to be in opposition to a holy God. But I pray for these precious friends this morning, some guests that are here as well, Lord, that if there's some area of our lives that we have yet to release to you, that today you would you would put your finger on that area of life, you would identify it, and we would humble ourselves before you and say, Lord, here you go. For some of us, maybe it's an area of life that we hold on to so tightly because we if we're honest with ourselves Lord and there are times in my life where this has been the case we hold on to that area so tightly because we really are not convinced that we can trust the creator of the universe to handle whatever that is better than we can We're just not 100% convinced how much you care for us. So I pray for these precious friends in this room today. God, would you supernaturally somehow convince us how much you care for us? We know you gave your very best gift for us. Your life on the cross, that should be convincing enough, God. But there are times, if I'm honest, in my life, I needed a little more convincing. I don't know, God, how you want to do that today. But I pray for these friends, if there's any area where they don't believe you care, would you show them today, in this very moment, that you care? Take away our pride. We cast our cares upon you, God, because you do care for us. Help us to be alert and watchful, because the enemy doesn't want us to believe that. Because if he can get us to believe the opposite, then we'll live in opposition to you and we'll have pride in our hearts. So we resist him right now in the name of Jesus, not because of any power that we have in and of ourselves, but because of the power of Jesus Christ within us. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for your love for us, your care for us. Bless us, Lord, as we go out in the community this week, a community that is very anxious, very, very anxious, and needs to get the calmness and assurance and the reminder that Jesus cares. Help us to deliver that this week. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Church family, it is wonderful to see you today. You're such a blessing. So great to see your faces. Lord willing, we will do this again next Sunday.
3: and.